Greetings, family, and welcome to today's reading of Daily Reflection and other readings. We're going to be going from faith to faith and uh, limitless love and our little 24-hour book with all the insights and, and incredible information this morning. Let's go ahead and open our session with a morning prayer, the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Remember, it's a grant, and it doesn't have to be paid back. God gives it gracefully, graciously. Reading for today, Daily Reflections, Reaching Out, December 14th. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they work with you. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 95. When I come into contact with a newcomer, do I have a tendency to look at him from my perceived angle of success in AA? Do I compare him with the large number of acquaintances I have made in the fellowship? Do I point out to him a magisterial way, the voice of AA? What is my real attitude towards him? I must examine myself whenever I meet a newcomer to make sure that I am carrying the message with simplicity, humility, and generosity. The one who still suffers from the terrible disease of alcoholism must find in me a friend who will allow him to get to know the AA way. Because I had such a friend when I arrived in AA, today it is my turn to hold out my hand with love to my sister or brother alcoholic and to show her or him the way to to happiness. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Thank you, Alcoholic Anonymous, that you left me alone. I didn't have a someone talk to me incensely about the program, but I, I couldn't put it on my plate anyway. I wish I can see that uh, more of the new people will stand up for their and fight for their sobriety and raise their hand and talk to the hand to the old timers that burn them out. You don't see the newcomer no more when the old timers get done with them. It seems like the <clears throat> some of those guys that are talking to them, they're under the influence of some kind of uh, disease. They can't seem to stop talking those old timers to the newcomer and they burn them out. And it's sad to see them. You don't see them again. They come with the card shaking for first time. And certainly uh, they're not in no shape to receive the politics of the meeting or the excessive if, if, if on their plates. Uh, or they say um, there's no must in AA. You know, it's, there's 138 musts. And even if we tell them all this, they still will not learn. It's like talking to a tree. They're dense. I pray that I do not become dense. I probably am some dense. You probably want to set a fire under me. <laughs> but what's in your hopper? What is in your hopper? What is in my hopper, I was asked. Well, you guys, through observation, know what's inside my hopper. 
It doesn't take rocket science that I'm here and I want to grow like a sequoia tree. Anyway, our attitude towards the newcomer is to tell them uh, if anyone uh, keeps talking towards you and you had enough, raise your hand and say, talk to the hand, dude. You know, have the stone face. Protect. Let us protect our sobriety from others who are trying to explain God to us, explain the program to us. We have not chosen that person. Anybody that volunteers themselves to talk to you excessively without your permission, let us stand up to that. It happens a lot in the sharing. People are given advice and they don't they are not have the courage to talk about their own lives or there used to be a song in the sixties, you know. Uh you can't even run your own life. How can you try to run mine? <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're, thank you so much for listening today. December the 14th, reaching out. Let me switch gears here. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Where am I doing? Where am I going? I haven't even done the 24-hour book. I sure got off on a tangent there, huh? Now you know where I'm at. Okay, AA thought for the day. The way of AA is the way of service. Without that, it would not work. We have been on the wagon and hated it. We have taken the pledge and waited for the time to be up with impatience. We have tried in all manner of ways to help ourselves, but not until we begin to help other people do we get full relief. It is an axiom that the AA program has to be given away in order to be kept. A river flows into the Dead Sea and stops. A river flows into a clear pool and flows out again. We get and then we give. If we do not give, we do not keep. Have I given up all the ideas of holding AA for myself alone meditation for the day try to see the life of the spirit as a calm place shut away from the turmoil of the world think of your spiritual home as a place full of peace serenity and contentment go to this quiet meditate place for the strength to carry you throughout day's duties and problem keep coming back here for refreshments when you are weary of the hubbub of the outside world from the, from this quietness and communion comes our strength prayer for the day I pray that I may keep this resting place where I can commune with God I pray that I may find refreshment and meditation on the eternal wow beautiful beautiful reading today man out of the park guys it's a, a, a wonderful program how many of us have wasted decades of running here and there and not? I did. And I knew in my heart that if I would just ground myself, put my bare feet on the grass in the 80s and, uh, and pen and paper and ask God for direction, the direction would come. I would be wiser in clarifying my uh, doing the same thing over and over, expecting of different results. That in itself is a valuable tool. 
Now, right, right away, I, I, I read this and I'm saying, oh, I'm going to ground myself two hours a day. To, to, I No, I pick a day and I'll ground myself two or three hours one day and relax. I call it my rest day and it's usually Saturday. It works for me. There's something in the atmosphere and it's that's what we did when we went to school with our brothers and sisters. And on Saturday, we laid in our PJs and watched uh, cowboy movies all the way till 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And then when we were rested enough and our batteries were recharged, we had pillow fights. And then we got ready for the day. But Saturday was our happy pancake restful day. And it just, it worked. You're charged up and inspired for the, for the week, for the coming week. Got dressed and went to church on Sunday, put on the bow tie. That was our culture. And I remember one time when I started going to grade school, um, I don't know what fourth to fifth grade it was. I put on a white shirt, I put on a tie, because it, it was picture day. And everybody, look, look, there's a kid with a tie. And the whole school was just amazed and everybody talking about the, the kid with the tie. Well, I had good self-esteem, I guess. You know, I had a program I was running on way back then. I love you. God bless you. Let's move on. Here, what do we got? We got Kenny Copeland, December the 14th. No deposit, no return. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandments. He shall not be afraid of evil things. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Psalms 112, verse 1 through 7. Again, blessed is the man that respects and fears the Lord, reverence him, that delights greatly in his word, his commandments. He shall not be afraid of evil things. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Are you ready to face a crisis? Don't wait until one hits you in the nose to find out. Prepare yourself now. That's what a couple of my partners did. This, they faced a situation that would make many people panic. But when the crisis hit, their hearts were so deeply established on the Word of God that their first response was not one of fear, but of faith. What affected me most when I heard their testimony was one particular phrase they kept using. No deposit, no return. No deposit, no return. What they meant by that was that if you don't take the time to deposit the word in your heart now, it won't be there later when you really need it. You'll end up in a crisis with only doubt and unbelief instead of the faith and power you need to see you through in a situation like the one this couple face, that could be deadly. You see, their two-year-old son has suffered a fall that had cracked his skull and quickly injured his neck. He had no feelings in his arms and legs and was unable to move. Yet, as they rushed him to the emergency room, a great sense of peace rested on them. Rather than crying with fear, they prayed in faith and declared, By Jesus' stripes, our son is healed. Sure enough, within hours, their boy was totally restored. Even the x-rays verified the fact that a miracle had taken place. What's important to understand about the story is this. The victory was not won when the damage of the little boy's body disappeared. It was won 
all during the days and weeks and months before when his parents were listening to tapes and studying the word and praying in the spirit. It was one because these people had spent time building a foundation on the word so that when this storm came, they were able to stand. Now is the time for you to build a rock-solid foundation. Don't wait around until you're faced with a crisis. Get the word in your heart in abundance now, so when you really need it, it will flow out in power. Remember, no deposit, no return. Start making the precious deposit today. Beautiful, beautiful readings. And we're going to read Psalm 112. Okay, I just like to add prayer and good words changes the molecules and loads them up. It puts insurance in the molecules around us. Or you can say the prayers are already answered on top of our heads like a bank account that when we need them, grace and mercy will come to pass. Something in that nature. Okay, here we go. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed said the man, bless the woman who fear God, who cherish and relish his commandments. Their children robust on the earth, and the homes of the upright how blessed. Their houses bring with wealth and a generosity that never runs dry. Sunrise breaks through the darkness for good people. God's grace and mercy and justice. The good person is generous and lends lavishly. No shuffling or stumbling around for this one, but a sterling and solid and lasting reputation, unfazed by rumor and gossip, heart ready, trusting in God, spirit firm, unperturbed, ever blessed, relaxed among enemies, lay lavish gifts on the poor, a generosity that goes on and on and on, an honored life, a beautiful life, some wicked takes one look and rages, bluster away, but ends up speechless. There's nothing of the dream of the wicked. Nothing. There's nothing to it. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's go ahead and read it in the uh, New Living Translation, the same psalm, Psalm 112, please. Thank you for listening and hanging in there. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good come to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away their hopes toward it. It is the easiest after way to obey and, and give thanks to God, even for, uh, for bad things ahead of time. So that's why we thank God for small stuff in training. So when a big thing hits me, like I, I, I need a battery in my car, right? I thank God, thank God, thank God. I do it so maybe I can uh, 
if someone happened to have a free battery somewhere. Okay, I give God a few days like this uh, guy that was homeless uh, and living in the cold three years next between two buildings and I gave him a few dollars two in the morning I'm delivering milk to the store and he says he says when you pray he goes give God three days he goes when I pray for a pair of shoes he goes give God's busy he's taking care of all these people moving around here and there and everything like that give him a chance three days folks (laughs) ha ha Education out in the streets with the real people. And when I shook his hands, his hands were callous like a bricklayer. Just incredible amount of callous all around. What fortitude, huh? All right, let's go ahead and read one more reading and we're done. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Limitless Love, December 14th. Merry Christmas, by the way. I love you. This is by Gloria. It says, Make an active effort to be kind. Proverbs 24, 17. Rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it and it displeases him. This pleases him. Proverbs 24, 17. Hey, that's a tough verse there. But... We got to be obedient, you know, compassionate, even if our enemy should fall. Actually, his own words will get him. Here we go. The Bible tells us that God has goodwill toward man. Luke 2.14. And if we're going to walk in love, we'll have goodwill toward them too. Not just toward the ones who are nice to us and to what we like, but toward those who have done us wrong. We won't allow ourselves the fleshy luxury of hoping someone will hurt them the same way they hurt us. And we certainly won't rejoice when we hear they're they're fallen upon hard times. The Bible says, God is displeased with that kind of attitude. He'll disapprove if he sees us rejoicing over the calamity of our enemies and saying, Wow, I don't feel sorry for them a bit. After all, They've done plenty of bad things to others, and what goes wrong comes wrong. The Lord expects us to have the same attitude he has on the Bible. It says he takes no pleasure in the calamity of the wicked, but continued desires for even the most wicked person to turn from his way so that he can live and be blessed. Ezekiel 33, 11. God expects us to be the same way. That means instead of hoping... They get what they deserve. We're to extend goodwill toward them. We're to pray for them and to be helped and blessed of the Lord. Having goodwill toward someone means more than just forgiving them and refusing to be bitter or or wish them harm. Goodwill starts with those things, of course, but then goes even further. When we have goodwill toward someone, we make a choice to behave kindly toward them. We willfully choose to take satisfaction and delight in seeing them blessed. Webster's Dictionary refers to goodwill as having an understanding toward a person to offer a gesture of conciliation, to show courtesy or respect, to express enthusiasm over benefits received by another, to make an active effort to be friendly, peaceable, and compatible. 
Remember this. Real love isn't just the absence of negative things like hatred, resentment, and unforgiveness. Love is the presence of goodness, kindness, and the blessing. So check up on yourself every now and then. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if you have ill will toward anyone. If so, don't be content just to forgive them and let the matter drop. Take another step. Let the Lord show you something loving and kind you can say or do for that person. Make an active effort to be courteous and friendly to them. Be like your father and extend goodwill towards your enemies, not just your friends. Amen. And I, I like to add, in addition to that, if you're having a confrontation right now and you don't like your responses, your attitude, and your checking on yourself, read 1 John 1 through 5 in the nighttime and then read John 14, 15, 16 before you set out your day. I guarantee it by the by the fourth, fifth day, you'll have a shield of love, a shield of uh, enthusiasm, and a shield of wisdom and humor. And you'll say, why didn't I do this? Put on those words and you'll be able to whip the devil who's the one behind everything all. I love you. God bless you. Let's pray the Our Father now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Fernando, your host, alcoholic, NA, Elnon, overeaters. You got it. All the above, please. Yep, I did it. I stole it. I screwed it. I connived it. I, uh, I burned it up. And I'm sorry. Forgive me. Boy, that feels good, huh? Let it go. Seem to get contaminated every day with nonsense or wrong thoughts. Let's go ahead and uh, say, God, forgive me of all my derelictions in the last 24 hours. Forgive me of all my thoughts and things that are not agreeable with you. Help me align myself with your precious words and ideas. Thank you for forgiving me and forgiving us, making us brand new today, this day. In your name we pray. In the name of our higher power, how we understand him. You know, our chapter 11, step 11, talks about 
that he moves in mysterious ways, marvelous to perform. Kind of gets a kick about getting us up and at them and getting us going. All right, let's go ahead and move on right here real fast. Like today we're going to be reading uh, Elnon products, Courage to Change. Some of these incredible, famous books, I believe. <clears throat> we, don't, <clears throat> we don't read them enough, I don't. December the 14th, it says, There are many forms of loss, divorce, incarceration, illness, death, even emotional change. When I lost a person I loved more than any in the world, I was more than devastated, and in my grief, I pushed everyone away. Thank God I had been in Elnon long enough to have awakened that part of myself that wanted help, no matter what happened. And so, in time, I once again began to work the program. With the help of so many wonderful members who had helped me and let me grieve in my own way and time, I learned to go back to step one, to admit that I was powerless over this loss and that my life was unmanageable. Once more, I saw that the only hope for me lay with a power greater than myself. And step by step, I learned to live with loss, with pain, with despair, until eventually I began to feel alive again. Today's reminder, pain and loss are part of life. No matter what I do, I will not be able to change the fact. But with the fellowship to support me and the steps to guide me, I will be able to face and grow through anything that comes my way. And from in all our affairs, the pamphlet says, The foundation I have developed in the program not only makes me grateful when things are going well, but also makes me realize that the program works especially when things go badly. Fernando, grateful member of Elnon, what is in your hopper? CNN, and that's what I'm going to get. Crashes and burns and idolatry and killings, my imagination. Instead of good literature, good words. Um, one day at a time, our next reading is Sponsorship. What is it all about? Is the title of a booklet available to any member? This is a new thought to many of us. We may doubt we're strong enough in the program. We may think we haven't time to take on someone else's troubles. Being a sponsor is a great adventure. It is more than that. It is a great education in human relations and in spiritual growth. Once we start, we're amazed to find how much we have absorbed of the program. And from this personal interchange and sharing, the sponsor often gains even more than the sponsor. Today's reminder. It is not only the newcomer who benefits from having one particular person to look for the guidance. Even the old-timer in the program may find that another member with different and perhaps better insights can be of immense help. As one member puts it, answers came not from books, but from mutual caring and thinking out loud with someone you felt comfortable with. 
Again, answers come not from books, but from mutual caring and thinking out loud with someone you felt comfortable with. <laughs> I love it, the way they put it to it. I would strongly recommend sponsorship to anyone in the program. It opens a whole new area of mind and heart. It is a big job, and you have to grow into it. My thoughts the same. First, I didn't think I could sponsor people because I didn't have anything. All I had was uh, service. And I started sponsoring guys in service work. They did what I did. I, I did what my sponsor did. He was busy running here and there and everything, bringing newcomers, sitting down, being pleasant, going to breakfast, taking them places. Hmm, very simple. He wasn't pounding over you, the fourth, fifth step, wasn't pound, pounding this and that. He was of service, and he continue is of service like a cookie cutter sure there's work to be done that intelligent person sees the writing on the wall and gets to it doesn't wait for somebody to change their diaper write your fourth step every year go and dump it on somebody in another town that they don't know it My my uh, December is a good time to dump it and clean up. December 14th for hope for today. When I feel my serenity being crowded out by fear and anxiety, I break down the serenity prayer in a clear and precise way that cuts through the deluge of my shortcomings. First, I broaden my acceptance to include everything exactly as it is, not only the things I cannot change, I look at my entire life through the lenses of gratitude, trusting that everything is unfolding exactly as it should. As my sponsor reminds me, God's planning and timing are perfect. I ask my higher power to help me accept things exactly as they are and to see the opportunities in my circumstances. Asking God for courage to change the things I can is dangerous for me at times if I'm not careful. I overwhelm myself with all the various things I could change. And I become paralyzed by inaction. It helps me to pray for knowledge of exactly what God wants me to change at any given moment. I think of the things I can change as the things God wants me to change. Asking for wisdom to know the difference can provoke my perfectionism. I yearn to know exactly what God wants me to change. I don't want to make any mistakes. To regain respect, I remind myself that everything is already in God's hands and that decision-making is a self-correction process. Wisdom is something I sense in my gut. If I change something and still don't feel right, I go through the process again until God's will becomes clear to me. Thought for the day. How deeply and broadly do I apply the serenity prayer to my life? I ask God for direction and wait, placing the problems in His hands. I ask for clarity in what I must do. He gives me clear direction. And that's on Having Had a Spiritual Awakening, page 40. I ask God for directions and wait, placing the problem in His hands. 
I ask for clarity in what I must do. He gives me clear direction. I'm Fernando. I am a, a mem- good member standing. I'm a secretary. Yada, 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 coffee maker. How deeply and broadly do I apply the serenity prayer in my life? I think my problem is in waiting. I was thinking about all the 1980s and 90s, the decades that just went <clears throat> without waiting, frantically running from here to there, pay the bills, get the kids, do this, do that, be of service, and, and not waiting. I just knew in my heart that if I would wait and uh, put a stake on the ground on one day a week with pen and paper and ask God for direction and wait, I would probably save 20 years of running around, placing the problems in his hands clearly and clearly waiting to see what I must do and thinking. He, just thinking for one day a week, planning. They say that we spend more time planning a two-week vacation than we do our careers, our lives, you know, everything is by chance. Or even our education and what what's in our hopper. What's in your hopper? May I look into your hopper? <laughs> I was in a seminar once and uh it wasn't it was uh it was uh where they sell soap. You know what company it is. And the lady there, she started talking, which was very comical, you know. She started talking about um, purses to the other ladies, you know, how big the purses were. And then she said, uh, anybody got a big purse I can show the crowd? And there was a big, you know, people had, you know, gallon-sized purses, big purses, you know, ones you can put even a, a small stereo in their boombox. And she, and she had her husband go and pick out three or four of them so she can show the crowd on the stage. And as she lifted each one, she says, look at this one, look at that one. And then she started uh, going through the contents <laughs> and, and, and pulling out the stuff in there and what was in there. And because we were uh, uh, perfume and soap and this, and uh, jokingly, she was find, trying to find, um, you know, uh, just bring out into the light what was in there. If there was a bottle of booze, it came out. If there was a bottle of uh, something, you know, that's, or anything, even a change of clothes. That was funny. That was hilarious. Anyway, I got off track. Thank you very much for listening today to our readings. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working.